Gonna watch Mario with better buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's John. Hello. And James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week, what's worse, dating a coworker or a neighbor? Um. <laughs> I vote coworker. I... Giggle. I... Uh, I'm going to say neighbor on this one. Really? Yeah, really. What's I just your feel like, I just kind of feel like, mm, I don't know. I guess like dating a coworker would suck for the proximity, but I just feel like dating a neighbor would be like a new bizarre level of like awkward. I don't know. Cause it's like, a coworker, if something goes wrong, you can like worst comes to worst, you can change jobs, right? But like, I guess I'm thinking of a neighbor's and like you're living in like a house. Like, I'm not thinking like yeah. an apartment or anything. Either way, it's like that would, I think that would just kind of like, I don't know. At least like with a coworker, like, like you know, you have your home to go back to. But if like, John, what do you think is worse? I don't know. Um, I, I agree that it kind of depends on what your living situation is. Like, uh, a apartment is more ephemeral than a job is more ephemeral than a house. So, like... <laughs> I, I go co-worker ten times out of ten. Here's my reason. Okay. I'm not gonna change my job just because of somebody in the office. Like, that's my job. I need that to make money. And to, like, live my life. I'm not going to move just because somebody in the office doesn't like me anymore. But are you saying you wouldn't risk it all for love, RJ? I'd risk it, but I'd also acknowledge it's like I'd have to think about it real hard. My neighbor, apartment, house—it doesn't matter. They're not living with me, (laughs) so I can just ignore them. (laughs) I mean, I guess the unspoken consideration here is we're assuming something will go poorly. That's also fair, actually. Yeah, you don't know. Just don't mess um, it up, and then you don't have a problem. Like, <laughs> then yeah. co-worker is worse, because then they might get promoted and can't date you anymore. <laughs> so you're your boss. That's a whole no. other kind of worms. <laughs> See? That's another point towards a co-worker being worse. I don't know. I think, like, I think if you're living... I guess I'm looking at it from the perspective of, like, a house. Like, if your neighbor's if it is going well, what happens? Who moves in with who? Well, you figure that you out just, down the line. You just both or, move somewhere else. <laughs> counterpoint, you all, one of you moves into one house, and then you rent mm-hmm. out the other house. Bam, passive income. Better if life. Your neighbor, if your neighbors, you just conjoin the lot, you know? Or that. Ooh, mansion. <laughs> you build a mega house. Mega is that house. even legal? Actually, I will make it legal. <laughs> I mean, if both property owners <laughs> consent, I feel like you could make something happen there. There's got to be a zoning thing with the city, though, because it's two separate gas lines and all that shit. So oh, it could true. be consolidated. Mega house. That's true. Mega house. <laughs> yeah. 
It's definitely oh. not as easy as I'm making it out to be, but <laughs> no, I think it is. Because <laughs> you gotta have those pipes all in place, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> like for water to the house, like you gotta have all those pipes in place, anyways. So like it doesn't matter. Just send both bills to the one address. <laughs> True. Yeah, but then what, what? What would stop somebody from like buying up like three to four houses and just combining them all into one giant like Nothing. compound? Like money. money. <laughs> Most people can't afford that. I have a new dream. <laughs> <laughs> we I'm gonna turn a neighborhood into one big house. Yeah, dude. Just buy out an entire suburb block, oh. like. That's the, that's, that's the real strat. You just buy out the entire neighborhood so you don't have a neighbor. Isn't that crazy? Didn't, um, oh, who did that? Was that Bieber that did that? Or um, Ed Sheeran? So, some famous musician like bought a house and then bought the like nine houses around it to ensure privacy. Damn. I don't know. That's funny, though. I mean, I know that... Uh... I know that like Hasidic Jews will do it. I don't think they mm-hmm. do it exact like all the time because what? on the Sabbath, yeah, if you're a very traditional Jew, like very traditional, um, uh, either Hasidic or Orthodox or, you know, whatever, like you during the Sabbath, there's a bunch of different rules, right? Like you can't do certain things. You, you can't use electricity. Um, they're like, you can't, uh what is it you can't handle money um and one of the big ones is you're technically not supposed to travel yeah so you're not supposed to travel from place to place you can travel from room to room but you can't travel outside of the place where you are um however uh one of the things that you know comes with like a couple thousand years of like being stuck with the same rules and figuring out loopholes is um basically a bunch of like old Hasidic <laughs> Jews a long time ago figured out, or just Jews in general figured out like, well, wait a minute. What if the buildings were connected somehow? Because it says that we can't travel from one domicile to the other, but what if all the buildings were technically one domicile? Because so there's like two ways. Well, kind of. Yeah. There's like two ways around that, which is, I find very interesting. One is you literally just connect them physically. Like, with, with an actual structure. So a hallway, a bridge, uh, you know, fucking a, a tunnel, like whatever. Um, which I'm sure that there are communities, especially in maybe in, maybe in like Brooklyn, um, but m- most definitely I would bet in like Israel or other parts that have done that. Um, however, another way that they get around it uh, is, and this is actually, this is like a real thing. They have like basically super special like string or rope that they will like tie around different parts of the home. And it's like done in a certain way where it's like attaching in a neighborhood where it's all like, and usually this is very traditional Jewish people. It'll go, it'll loop around the homes. So it technically creates a conjoined like structure. And these things, like there are like members of the community or even a rabbi, I believe, who will go and like test these periodically to make sure that they're not broken. They might even do like a blessing or something, I think. And this is like how they kind of get around the, like you're tech, you're not allowed to travel between domiciles because it's like, well, it's connected by some way. I guess it must be, you know, all one thing. So I, um, 
I do not understand their rules and traditions because I am not of the, their faith. And I respect the right to have that faith. But it, the question comes to my mind of, if you're going to such lengths to get around the rule, why do you have the rule? Because it's like, uh, it's like, like I don't you know. You clearly that's... don't care enough to just follow the rule. No, but th- that's the thing, though, is like, that's what the whole, that's like what a big part of, honestly, and I don't, I genuinely don't mean this in a bad way. That's like, genuinely what a big part of Judaism is, is like, figuring out how to follow the rules technically you know what i mean and like yeah i'm sure that there are some very strict like um strict like practicing jewish people who are like yeah like whatsoever no like those don't even the strings don't count blah 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 but it's like i don't know i mean they have you know the torah which is their book of stories and they have the talmud which is their book of law they've had these things for like thousands of years there's really nothing to do after you've written like the book other than just like talk about it, which is like all they've done. Um, and uh, yeah, I think like they hold to the rules because they're the rules are sort of like an integral part of like their faith and as well as their culture, like their identity. Um, and if you like, if the, if a rule like that doesn't matter, which is like Sabbath's rules are like, super duper important like you know if one rule goes where's the limiting factor on the other rules you know yeah so i suppose so there you go there's a little uh little socio sociological lesson for you boy howdy but i i still want to make mega house oh yeah i want to make that can we voltron house we should. We should stack them. It should yeah, be like coding because like store. Just stack them on top of each other. And you date your Voltron yeah. host neighbor. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I think you can you can date anyone you want as as long as you're aware of both the uh, the possible consequences and obviously the potential achievements. Who knows? All right. I was outvoted in this icebreaker, but I stand by my choice. Uh, our next segment is Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Who would like to start? I <laughs> have one. Go. Actually, um, I'm going to suggest the album. Uh, uh, I think it's called Mademoiselle. Yes, it's called Mademoiselle by the Underground Youth. Um, I found these guys on YouTube, these guys and girls, a couple days ago, and I listened to this album yesterday. Um, loved it. Like, abs. I cannot remember the last time I uh, found an album like this where I was like, every song is like genuinely oh, so fun skips. to listen to. Yeah, honestly, it's one of those albums that like perfectly flows together. And yet at the same time, like each song has its own sort of like genuine flavor. Um, it's uh, it was surprising, too, because I I was listening to it. I was like, wow, this sounds like it's like either from like the 70s or the 90s. And it's actually from like 2016. Oh, so and the group is like. I I don't know how old this group is. To be fair, um, 
on Apple Music, like they go back, I think, to like 2014. So I don't think they're like an old. I don't think they're like an old group, and they look yeah. pretty prolific. Google um, uh, Google says this album came out in 2010. <gasps> James really, liar. Mademoiselle by the Underground Youth. Yeah. Damn, dude. Why have you lied? It to says me, 20. James? It says 2016 here on uh, Apple Music. Maybe that's just when it was uploaded. Yeah, that's very true. But I would, or regardless. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Checking. <laughs> I I would I would recommend listening to them. They they do sound like Mademoiselle. Like their music um, sounds like a mix of like some kind of like slower seventies uh, rock almost, um, but also really more like. It reminded me a lot of like '90s as well. It sounded very much like kind of Oasis um, in a mm. good way, but it also had this like nice little spin on it that I kind of liked. Little flourishes of of kind of um, color and tone that you could tell were were their own. So I really really liked it, um, and I would suggest listening to them. Neat. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of music are they? You said like they're like Oasis. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like rock. So it's like the Mademoiselle, like the album, I would say is pretty chill. There's like one song on there that's kind of like a little more upbeat, but um, it's very, it's kind of like, um, yeah, I don't know, very like rich, but also kind of dry, just like, uh, um, I don't know how to say it, like. It's gonna sound very pretentious. I feel like Anthony Fantano. Um, very like pondering, like rock. I guess like you just get the. It's like someone who's like like post rock, kind of, but it's not as like echoey. It, it sounds like just somebody who's like kind of sitting on like uh like a in a park somewhere, just kind of like thinking is <laughs> is how I would describe the sound of this music. Okay. Cool. John, you want to go next, or should I? Um, I can go. What you I'll got? be pretty quick here. Um, so my recommendation this week is the video game Vampire Survivors. Ooh. Um, it's kind of a roguelike, kind of. Um, you get like meta upgrades that affect all your different runs along as you go. But basically, it's like uh, one of those mobile games where the screen just kind of fills up with enemies and you just passively take them out and upgrade as you go. And it's just dopamine heaven. But like, um, are there microtransactions? No. <gasps> oh, man. No. And it's like $6 total with all the DLC. It's like super cheap. It's on it's mobile game too, apparently, my brother in law told me. So this is what's a, wait, what's it called? Dangerous Vampire Survivors. This is um, this is dangerous. Yeah. It's a fun game. I've been staying up way too late playing it, but uh I can drop a Steam page link. Uh uh. And there's a new DLC coming up somewhat soon but yeah it's like kind of a bullet hell and also a roguelike and it's just like very oh, quirky they uh, don't take themselves super seriously which is fun and there's like a lot of easter eggs and references so 
up my alley. Oh golly! Here's yeah, it's shit. cool. It looks like it's. It looks like it's got. I'm just watching like a, a video of it right now. It looks like very um, kind of like retro, most honestly. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, but like, it looks fun. Ooh. Do not let my yawn betray him. It looked. It, it looks fun. <laughs> I am betrayed. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, that looks cool. <laughs> oh yeah, it's got that classic roguelike become god um, charm to it. Love it. <laughs> Start out weak and then just obliterate everything on screen. Love it. Um. So yeah, that is. I so far I have three, almost four hours in it. So. Oh, wow. Have you beaten it? Yeah. Nice. At like one run, well, a couple runs. That's but one of the things I there's... struggle with roguelikes and rogue roguelites is the whole like, oh yeah, you need to, you're gonna continue, like you're gonna lose a lot, which I'm okay with. The, my problem comes when it's like, okay, can I win at least once? Like I tried to do everything right and I'm still losing. Can I win one time, please? Yeah, I don't. It's not super hard to win. Um, there's just like a lot of unlocks too, like okay. a very long list of unlocks. So that's kind of like the the meta progression. Nice. It's like, oh, try these weapons. Oh, do this funky thing. Because <laughs> well, that was my problem with FTL Faster Than Light was like, I only ever played on easy, and I tried so many shipping weapon combinations and setups and all those things, and I don't think. I don't think I ever beat the game. You just gotta get good. No, I I, I, I don't know. (laughs) I think I got to the, like, got to, like, almost beating the final boss and then lost. And I was like, really? This time? Yeah. That, that's the other, that's the part that kind of sucks is you, like, sink so much time into it and then you just lose. Like, mm. everything. Nice, though. It sounds like a f- good game. Fun game. I want mm-hmm. more of those games where you can pay, like, six bucks, and it's just the game is what it is compared to, like, the... And it's, like, a mobile game that looks like the ones that are advertised, right? Right. But, yeah, I, you just pay what it says on Steam. No mo- microtransactions or anything. Excellent. It's cool. It almost looks like something that you'd find in, like, uh, arc- an arcade you know what I mean? Like a little bit. Um, yeah. Kind of cool. Nice. So, be prepared to give up your lives for vampire survivors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Ready. I shall join the undead horde. I shall be a vampire. Yeah. I'm already there. What? Oh. Anyway, um, anyway, what's your suggestion? <laughs> I'm going to recommend the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I figured you would. Oh, I forgot that you were seeing this. Yes. I saw that okay. on Saturday. It was a good time. Uh, the shortest, most succinct, spoiler-free review I can give of the Dungeons and Dragons movie is... The Dungeons and Dragons movie is a good... Fun, but predictable movie. It is going to be a comfort watch, because you will feel comfortable in the fact that you can predict how this is going to go. 
because you have seen a movie before. Okay. Um, to its credit, like, despite being, like, predictable plot, it's a good plot. It's a good story. Um, the magic is all pretty well done as far as, like, effects go and things. Um, the, the costuming is great. I think costumes are probably some of the best parts of the movie because it's all very on point and, like, there are costume changes throughout, but it's never anything, like, super significant. Um, the integration of, like, Dungeons & Dragons mechanics is done really well. Of, like, oh, you have to attune to the magic object and here's how you do that. Or here is the, um, like, you need um, somatic... Yeah, somatic components. And you need to, like, do the physical and the verbal and all those things. Um, they integrate, they, like, utilize the Dungeon Dragons lore of, like, oh, here's Waterdeep and here's the Emerald Grove and here's all these inter- the groups without, like, needing to know things ahead of time. But do they roll dice? Do they roll dice? No. What? Yeah. Nope. This is a this is just a fantasy story with the Dungeons and Dragons name on it and the Dungeons and Dragons lore on it, but it's pretty good everything, and they have a really good, uh, really good cameo reference Easter egg thing <clears throat> by the group of adventurers from the like eighties or nineties or whatever uh, Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. So, um, do you think that they are setting up for a universe, or Mm. was this, like, just kind of a one-off? I think it will depend if it makes enough money. It was set up in such a way that it can just be its own thing, but I could see them making another movie if they really wanted to. Like, they kind of... They didn't, like, set anything up for a sequel, but it would not be hard for them to just be like, oh, here's a new story in the Dungeons & Dragons universe. Another one. (laughs) Another one. (laughs) Um, Let's see... I'm going to see what it's doing for box office. My one personal disappointment while James looks up the box office is that my favorite... Dungeon Dragon setting is the world of Eberron, which is home of the Warforged, which are the robots. They're like the the fantasy robots, souls put into mechanicals that are people. And but it was set in the Forgotten Realms uh, Faerun setting for the movie, and there were no Warforged, and I was sad. Hmm. All right, so. It has been out for, okay, so about a week, not even really, no, yeah. not even, like six days, seven days, almost. So it's made, it's made 73 million on a budget of 150. Ooh. So honestly, it, that like might be too early to tell. It really depends on how much it falls off over the weekend uh it did receive overall positive reviews so far so 
I think this is really interesting because I think that the next week or two of how it does, I mean, the next week is going to determine like whether or not they might pursue this. Um, it's obviously not a blowout, um, but if it breaks even, I mean, maybe, maybe they'll do another one. That'll be interesting. How was, uh, I do have to ask, how was Mr. Chris Pine? He was fine. He was Chris Pine. Yeah. I didn't realize how old he was. Yeah, isn't he like late 40s? Something like that. Uh, he's 42. Oh, okay. Never mind. But like, one of the press junket video things he did for it, it was like, oh, Chris, you got a, you got a, you're a silver fox there. You got a lot of gray in that beard and hair for being 42. Maybe he's just, you know, uh, that's such a, <laughs> such a, such a bitchy question to ask. What? I mean, I guess kind of, it, it depends, I guess, if you're, if you'd be sensitive about his age. I don't know. It's basically just saying like, wow, Chris, you're kind of starting to age like shit. A little bit. <laughs> you look really old for a guy. He's aging he's gracefully. Really you're getting old there, guy. Um, Wow. Uh, All the other actors did a good job, though. Yeah, they were good, too. Yeah, everybody was pretty good. It was kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, we get all your personalities right away. We know who you are. Were there any, like, standouts from the actors, like, who weren't kind of big names? Was there anyone who, like, kind of caught your eye? (laughs) Damn. I mean, they, they all did fine, but, like... I don't even have to look up who the cast was to be able to say that, like, anything. Um. Are there any chaotic evil characters? The... Rajon Page was pretty cool. I thought he did a good job playing his character, but he was playing a paladin, which was pretty, like, one note. Like, he played the typical paladin of, like, I am a holy paladin, and I do the good things, and I help everybody, and am courteous to everybody. And I was like, alright, you're you're a typical paladin, cool. And then, uh, Sophia Lillis played the druid, but I don't, she's 21, I don't know if she's been in anything else. Uh, she's been in, I, she was in It, 2017. Um, she was in it, chapter two. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, she just really hasn't been in a ton of like top stuff. Damn. But yeah, overall, pretty good. Talking about Chris Pine makes me want to go rewatch that first Star Trek movie. I know that some people like really hate it. Um, it was fine. Yeah, I, I want to rewatch it again just to kind of see. Um, I think it's kind of classic, like or like mid two thousands core. Honestly, yeah. there's something there is something kitschy about it, but there is something sort of very fun and blockbustery too. If I remember. 
Yeah, the way I remember it, it was kind of like, okay, this is fun. It's Star Trek. They're doing their thing. It is what it is. I remember really liking the score as a kid, actually, like when it came out. I remember really thinking that the score was pretty cool. Yeah. What about it? Uh, I I just really what was it called? Enterprising Young Men. That was it. Mm. That was the one. Um, I had this. This was when I was still because this came out when we were we were like twelve or thirteen. Something like that. So I was like in my phase where I had this like old black small iPod that my dad had given me. And uh, I was in the phase where I was like, any music with lyrics is like, is is uh, <laughs> inferior to music that doesn't have lyrics. Wow, and of course, you like, had one of those phases? Oh, I guess, oh we I all had one of those phases. I never uh-huh. had one of those phases. Really? <sighs> well, you were I wrong. Mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> An inferior mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh no it's okay. but I, I had did, a weird like, alphas, so dude everyone had a every cool person had a weird alphas. I Hell never yeah. had a weird alphas, so that tracks. Damn, <laughs> oh, John, damn. don't do yourself like that. <laughs> Boom. You don't have to detonate the personal IED. <laughs> you can just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> John, you didn't need to jump on that grenade. No one had pulled the pin. John, well to, I guess to be fair, not, you know. I guess that phrase was pretty exclusive, implying that if you didn't have a weird outface, you're not cool. Um, I, I don't which, think there's even an implication. I think it was just said. You're mm-hmm. right. It was not implied at all. It was just <laughs> very explicit. <laughs> What's the opposite? <laughs> um, just saying it. Uh, yeah, no, I misspoke. Um, obviously. A lot of cool people had weird, weird out phases. Debatably, cooler people had better things to do. Um, <laughs> uh, not not sure about that. <laughs> RJ, you're biased in this situation. You don't get, <laughs> get to say. Look, I think he, if Vin Diesel yeah. and Joe Magnello can like play Dungeons and Dragons and be totally ripped individuals for Hollywood, then cool people, the coolest people listen to Weird Al Yankovic. That's just, it is what it is. I don't know, dude. I hate to break it to you, but a lot of people think Vin Diesel's kind of like a major dork. You know what I mean? Like he's a major dork with a successful film career. So what do you have? I don't James? follow the logic. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just saying, like, like holding Vin Diesel up. Did you like, create that guy. Fast and the Furious? I think not. He didn't create. Is Fast <laughs> and the Furious good? It's, it's got not, ten movies, it's, dude. It's debatably not even good. <laughs> yeah, like. I don't know. I've the first one the first is one. good. I've never, I've never seen a Fast and the Furious movie. Is that something I should hop on? Aren't I've they only up to seen like the first one. I, I do want to watch them because they seem like they might be kind of exciting. Look, all I know is the trailer for the Fast and the Furious movie was in front of the Dungeons and Dragons movie, and it's all about Jason Momoa being a hench person who got knocked off a bridge in one of the former movies and coming back to fuck That's everyone else right. up. I saw that, yeah. And then Vin Diesel mutters something about family, and then he goes to get paid another. You're finally awake. <laughs> I don't even know how to do. I don't even know how to do a Vin Diesel for the family. Yeah, he's like Stay he's away really from the family. That's pretty like, good. Stop! Stop! 
Without That's mean. Me. It's for the family. Stay away from my family. Stay away from my family. I get to hit nothing. I get to hit the rock as many times as he hits me. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. All right, Vin. All right, Vin. All right. Hey, I blame the rock guess, on that one. I mean, I guess to be fair, yeah, the rock is also to blame. He, he was like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, Vin Diesel doesn't go around the, putting it in his contract that he can't lose a fight. So Yeah, dude. Ever since I saw The Rock in Redline, I can understand the or Red Notice or whatever the yep, fuck that Red movie Notice. was called. Um, I understand the antipathy towards him. Because that movie, I've never seen a movie that was so blatantly, and maybe I just never realized it, but a film that was so blatantly just like, yeah, like, like he's the, the hero. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, He's the hero, but he's also cool, but he's also bad, but he's you also should, like uh, you're just describing all the uh, time. Black Adam. Yeah. Fun fact: the re- there was going there was supposed to be Black Adam in the first Shazam movie because you know Black Adam is Shazam's like rival, and The Rock refused because he believed well, Black Adam was strong enough to hold its own franchise and shouldn't have been watered down by first appearing in Shazam. I heard, though, supposedly that one of the motives for that was that executives had promised him, like, a, over a decade ago that he was going to get his own Black Adam movie. Because that's, like, his... That is he really likes that superhero. So I can, like, kind of understand him just being, like... It, it probably wasn't even, like... Like, I, I still think he's kind of a diva, but I can see where he was, like... Yeah, like, I don't really see this DC universe, like, going anywhere. Which, I guess, to be fair, like, if you don't pitch in, dude, like, yeah, it won't go anywhere. Like, if he had showed up in Black Adam, I'm sure they could do something. They did have the Blue Beetle trailer drop, like, a day or two ago. I, so. haven't, I haven't seen that. Is that, gonna be, is that a movie or a TV show? It's a movie. movie. It's a movie. Oh my God, is it, it looks It looks fun. It looks like a it's Teenage Teen Iron Titans. Man. Blue yeah, Beetle they, is a yeah. valid superhero. Exactly. John, no one was saying that he wasn't. <laughs> RJ was. I'm not saying he's not a valid superhero. I'm just saying, based on what I've, like, the article I read the other day, it sounds like he's just going to be a teenage Iron Man. I mean, he is kind of. Like, yeah, it does feel very, but it it does feel very Iron Man. I would almost call it, yeah, it's like a Teen Titans But his Iron suit Man. is sentient. So it is. It can, um, it can speak. Oh shit, and it the... has an attitude. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's it's got like a Siri attitude. Max Steel. I think that's the one. Who? Hang on, I gotta make sure I got this right. But uh, ah uh, yes, Max Steel. With a Marvel's sentient. only official in canon in universe porn star superhero. Nope. <laughs> uh, Max Steel was a cartoon sci-fi action where an alien sentient spacesuit bonded to a teenager to save the day. They had a movie that came out in 2016, live action. Excuse me, do you mean Ben 10? Excuse me, do you mean Generator Rex? Excuse me, do you mean... Uh, Venom from Spider-Man? Venom from Spider-Man? Excuse me, do you mean Ben 10 Alien Force? <laughs> wow, it's uh, like it's a trope or something. Dude, Ben, can we talk about how sick Ben 10 was? And also Generator Rex was pretty cool too. What I like that. Generator I like Rex? that shit. Oh, you ever saw Generator Rex? I'm looking. I'm pulling it up just to see if I can jog some memories, but nothing is. It was also made by the Ben 10 crew. Um, Man of Action. Oh, it was. Oh, uh, it's this one. 
Yeah, it's like the Earth at one point got like bombarded by some kind of like weird radiation that gave people like a bunch of powers, and like Rex is one of the guys. And I hero academia. His oh yes, <laughs> you know what? Get out of here with your Pan Pacific bullshit. <laughs> no one here even knows what anime is. All right, no one even. What is it? A noodle? It's a noodle. Is that what it is? I like to like noodle conceptually. This seems like it'd be what cool is, and fun and interesting. It's yeah, I remember liking it as a kid. It is it is essentially my hero academia. Um minus the uh the actual like kind of further developments of like the quirks with uh like burnout and stuff like that. Or I guess that's um that's only uh oh fuck, what's his name? Deku's Yeah. Full disclosure, I've only seen the first episode of my hero academia. <laughs> I've, I've seen, seen I've, I've seen the first season and then a little bit of the really? second. Um, yeah, it's it's genuinely not too bad. It's pretty it's pretty fun. The story from a metaphorical perspective is basically um, it's basically the story of like America teaching Japan how to be a superhero You're and to carry on its legacy. So um, kind of a kind of a sweet little story, honestly. And it's got Rip Doofenshmirtz in it. Doofenshmirtz? That's that's America. That's that's All Might. What? Um, Do we want to talk about the Mario movie that's coming out? Yeah, we were going to talk about that, were we not? Let's do it. I'm game. I, I will forever and always love in the first, like, trailer they dropped when Bowser is attacking the penguin castle and the penguin comes out, they like do their bombardment and the King penguin in the most regal voice ever says, do you yield? A penguin lives rent free in my head. (laughs) I do not. Yes, I do. Uh, They're just yielding or no, they're just right. Cause they're just like throwing snowballs and stuff like that. Yeah, they're just throwing snowballs and stuff. The best yeah, edit somebody sweet. made, though, I'd have to dig it up and find it again, but somebody on Twitter made a video where it gets to that point, like, the trailer plays up to that point where he says, do you yield? And then ba- the, they voice over it, and Bowser says, yes, I do. And they just play it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I like that. We were talking before the podcast, we were talking about the Super Mario movie, which comes out officially today, April yes. 5th, 2023. Um, in the United States, uh, as as we were informed, but we we're talking about the possibility of a Nintendo cinematic universe. As that seems to be a pretty I, ripe field. I I think we first need to touch on the voice cast of Mario a little bit. All right, because Jack Black is doing great as Bowser. He's giving it his all, and it's working fantastically. Yeah. I've heard good things. I'm like, I'm okay with Luigi's voice. Charlie Day. Yeah, Charlie Day. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Seems to be doing pretty good. Uh, Chris Pratt's at least trying. I don't think he's nailing it, but he's giving it an effort. Yeah. He's trying not to just be his own voice. I don't know if I agree, but... (laughs) Continue. I think it's 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 to me really quick. It, it's closer than I thought it would be. Like it, it, I agree. Like it is, 
it's not really there. But I also agree where it's like, at least he is, it does sound like he's trying a little bit. Like, in my head, I'm comparing his Mario voice to his voice in Onward and his, like, his performance in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And the Mario is at least distinct enough to be like, oh, you're trying. You're not succeeding, but you're trying. Well, you also can't, it's difficult, right? Because, like, you need, if the character is going to be used more, like, you can't have a character with, like, a super goofy voice as, like, the main. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he needs to be able to, like, kind of have it so that it still sounds like Mario, but he also needs to be able to, like, deliver jokes and, like, exposition and, and in a voice that doesn't, won't get necessarily, like, grading. I think it's probably why they picked him. The one well, voice... Ooh. The one voice I'm, like, <laughs> worried about is Donkey Kong. I had a feeling you were going to say, um, uh, <laughs> Well, <laughs> on top of Seth Rogen's laugh just being, <laughs> um, he straight up said, like, that they took, like, he, he said this in, like, an interview or something, that he did not do a voice. And he told them when they were casting him, he's like, I'm not doing a voice. And they said, okay. So it's just Seth Rogen. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that quote as well. I mean... And I'm like... You you better really work in that role then, because if it doesn't work... Yeah, that is... It's uh, me, Donkey Kong. <laughs> you want to smoke weed? <laughs> um, no, I, I actually... I didn't even think about it. But when you phrase it like that, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think his voice, like, could work. Um, like, his regular voice, I can definitely see, like, working for Donkey Kong, obviously, you know. But I think you make a good point where it's, like, then he's going to have to, like, commit to the character. And it can't just be, like, Seth Rogen just, like, being like reading his lines, you know. And like you that's the thing, active. too. Yeah, but he doesn't really, like, even in his, like, serious roles, like, when he was in, uh, he was in that Steve Jobs movie, like, he plays Steve Wozniak, um, and, yeah, and I would recommend it, and the Danny Boyle, see, I think it's Danny Boyle, uh, Steve Jobs, he's, like, the Michael Fassbender is Steve Jobs, and Rogan is, uh, Wozniak, and, like, Rogan does a pretty good job, like, in his performance, like, he's, it's, he's really fun, to watch and uh he doesn't really change his voice you know what i mean like he's just kind of him so if that's what he's going for if he feels like maybe he just feels like he can do a better job actually acting and granted it's basically like it's an animated movie it's it's kind of a kid's movie kind of sort of um so it's like maybe it's whatever but i don't know like if he does actually commit that would actually be pretty fun to see him really try for that character so yeah i think it gets back to a little bit too my fears when they first announced the cast list of like here's the voices here's the cast of mario and it's like oh you picked all big name actors instead of like it like it came across as you picked big name actors to get butts and seats rather than picking the best performances for the parts because it was all like the famous people rather than like yeah any names we wouldn't recognize because it's an animated voice cast yeah, think about the first Iron Man, though, right? Like, Robert Downey Jr., who a lot of people knew. Um, you got uh, you got Gwyneth Paltrow, like, big, kind of a big name. Oh, yeah, but that's a live um, action, right? Like, 
I, yeah, it's I. It, it yeah. was the like hiring of li- like known live action focused actors and actresses because people would recognize the names. Yeah. So it played into that. Like Rogan's quote played into that concern for me. But anyways, James, you want to have a um, Super Smash Bros. Multiverse of Madness cinematic universe uh, for the Mario. I movie. don't. No, you know want if it. I. You want it. I don't know if I want to you have one. I'm it. just before the show. James was begging for it. How dare you out me like this, Arche? <laughs> Dirty. He was willing um, to sell everything he owned just so that uh, Nintendo would do it. Yeah, I'm gonna move to Japan and uh, I'm gonna kill Miyamoto. Uh, I was gonna go um, because either janitor. <laughs> according to um, you know the ancient Japanese uh, video game corporate hierarchy scrolls that I found somewhere that I can't reveal. Yeah, from that's uncle, how the succession works. Yeah, from my uncle who works at Nintendo, Reggie. Um, yeah, I've gotten in. No, but I'm just saying. I, th- I believe that the eye of Sauron of Hollywood is looking for another property that it can feasibly like explode into the next like cinematic universe. And I think it's been looking for a bit. And I think what we're seeing in this current crop of films is this like attempt, not just like the Mario movie, but Dungeons and Dragons DC is still kind of trying, like, obviously Marvel's got its thing going, but they already had their kind of, like, harvest season, you know? So, like, I think, and I think, honestly, it depends, because, like, Nintendo is notoriously difficult with their properties, so it really depends, but, like, I don't know. The, the whole Nintendo universe, like, totally works. I mean, you get, like... How many Nintendo get, movies do they make before they make the Super Smash Bros. movie? Um, I At guess it really four. depends. At least four? Yeah. Least Which four? Yeah. Uh, Mario, because okay. it's already happening. Uh, definitely mm-hmm. a Legend of Zelda movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a Donkey Kong movie. They already had a show, but maybe not. Um, I don't know if you could get to the rights. So I guess Smash Bros. is a good question of who all you get the rights to. Because you have mm-hmm. like Sonic and you have like Snake that are characters borrowed from other franchises. Or you have like the N64 Smash Bros. which is Pokemon and Mario and Samus and Legend of Zelda. And Star Fox. And Star Fox. Star, Star Fox. Fox movie might be something... I think they could do a Star Fox movie. I don't think anybody would go to it. Like, no. even a very niche audience. I don't know, dude. They could pull. They could try and pull a Guardians of the Galaxy if they really wanted to with it. You know what I mean? If they made it, like, weird and kind of, like, funny. Saying. You know? Um, I could see... I'm not gonna lie. I could see a Metroid movie. I could see a Samus movie excelling. Are you kidding me? It's, like, perfect. It's, like... Like a like Who's a supporting a space... cast in a Metroid movie. Um, no one. Yeah, the space pirates. I uh, she would find like she they they find a way to give her. There's got to be a character that helps her out in one of the games. Like there has to be, and even like a solo, a straight solo movie. I mean, it, the whole thing could be about the first movie could be like Samus with the classic like. 
oh, like I don't need, I don't need help. I'm a lone wolf. And she picks somebody up that they either pull from the games or they just make up for her. And then that person becomes her like, it, it, it could, you know, it doesn't even have to be a guy, obviously, right? It could be just, it could be another girl. It could be a girl space pirate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit, I see, I see three movies already, you know? Perfect. <laughs> a little Kirby Metroid movie. played by Billy Crystal. <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> yes yeah he could do uh, amazing he could do the mike wazowski yell when he gets uh shot and has to like re- regenerate it'd be perfect <laughs> audiences would eat it up Just, uh, i don't know if you could do a kirby movie because kirby doesn't talk i think kirby a kirby movie would just be like oh my god um, an hour and a half of just insanely psychedelic <laughs> <Leo>. sequences. <laughs> no, fuck that. No. Uh, you just reminded me of a... So, in college, there was a Discord server I was on. And I... People can have the hobbies they want. I don't fucking care. So this is a concerning lead-in, but Keep okay. That shit wait. where it belongs, though. <laughs> this server was not dedicated to Kirby in any way, shape, or form. It was... It was not Kirby-centric at all in any way. But some individual on the forum decided that they were going to roleplay as Kirby on everything. And the only thing I can think of is that they were on a dedicated Kirby roleplay server somewhere else on Discord and had set up a bot or something to convert everything they typed into the chat box because their messages would literally read poyo 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 parentheses whatever it is they actually wanted to say end parentheses that's hilarious every single time i love the commitment i love that that is some commitment to the bit and the poyos would be appropriately spaced out to like match the word spaces in their sentence someone should have someone should have gone on as king ddd and duked it out no it was it was the it was the bleed over, right? It was like that annoying bleed over when someone has some ass like some hobby or something that like that's fine, great, go enjoy it. No one cares that you enjoy it, but you're taking it and making it the focus of something that is not related. Are you sure that they weren't doing it as like a bit? No. It happened too many no, times thanks. and no one no, found you're it not funny. Sure. Just it was not a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i don't know i could see some real bored college student get like trashed on a saturday and just logging onto a discord server but i guess if you're feeling up the vibe that it was like somebody who's genuinely trying to like role play as kirby yes that's um yeah that's a whole another situation we'll have to we have to got to get some kind of like code for that um it just it reminded me a lot of people who are like furries who decide they're going to like wear a ta- tail and ears to places that frankly why did you do that it's a valid expression of identity like, don't you dare it's one thing to like go out and do your grocery shopping or whatever like yeah fine whatever but like i don't know <laughs> to work or something but jury duty <laughs> yeah like you wear that shit to jury duty and it's like okay no you're dismissed from jury duty no one can take you seriously 
Why not? I don't know. That's not a prerequisite to being dismissed from Jury Duty. You just have to either, I think you either have to be biased or you have to be um, like, like mentally incapable, like have a, like insane, you know? I'm not going to make the very bad, cruel joke that is available there. <laughs> Arjun's kink shaming over here. I did not make, hey, I did not know. It is not a kink. No. It's evolved. It's a whole lifestyle, dude. It's a way of, it's, practically a tribal religion at this point there's a different word for when it's a kink a fetish no it's called gifting oh yeah well that's just that's you know i know too much about this (laughs) (laughs) james this is this is what happens when you're i know (laughs) it's like like i'm i'm like like not roasting these people i'm more like slow broiling them but i'm like it's like i know all the language you know what i mean so like anyone who knows what deviant art is should be shot <laughs> that's that's gonna be the next vibe check well it's been nice um, knowing you james yeah it's been nice knowing you too. <laughs> <laughs> and to all our listeners who now know what deviant art is uh we're oh, sorry sorry to infect you with that mind virus um yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely think I think for a Smash Bros like cinematic universe, if they worked up to that again, like I don't know if Japan would go for it because or Nintendo, I should say, because it's just like it's a lot to give up or license out. Though I guess they could make a lot of money from it, but they've also built like a pretty solid reputation of very rarely licensing that stuff. So. IDK, you'd have to yeah. make them an offer they couldn't refuse. I just don't, I can't imagine what that movie, would, the plot would be, right? Like, the only Smash Bros. that's had plot that I'm aware of was Smash Bros. on the Wii. And even... Uh, Brawl. Yeah. Ooh, like, subspace movie could be a good idea. Subspace yeah, was dude, basically was a movie. <laughs> True. I don't know where Taboo comes from. That was like out of nowhere. That was like completely out of left field. It, it's, like I, it's just the it classic like no final boss is a god. But yeah, I, I agree. Like so, I yeah, in some space, again. dude. That that well, the campaign is like the fact you have to double back is like frustrating. But it is a pretty fun um, game. Yeah, you have to double back. So. You uh, kind of. It's like, like well, yeah. a distortion world version of the original levels. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, and it is a maze at the end. I don't think anyone who loves Halo as much as you do, James, can complain about doubling back. That's only <laughs> Halo One. <laughs> yeah, you do uh, that Halo Three. Love. Swarm with the flood reach Earth. You literally fight your way through the level, the flood land, and then you turn around and fight your way back. I suppose that kind of happens twice, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Actually, that happens a lot, now yep. that you mention it. Happens then. It happens it. on the Covenant level, when you, like, go up the tower and then have to come back down the tower. <laughs> um, twice. And <laughs> then it happens in the Citadel. Back. And then it happens in Cortana. It's yeah. a valid strategy. <laughs> it happens a lot. Shut up. I mean, that's how you make games. I mean, yeah. yeah, like, and I, I get it. Like, it does have, you know, it, and it works as like a thematic thing, right? As well, where it's like, oh, like it's, you know, like you see the world one way, then you see the world another way, and then you finally see the two, like both, like unified and cleansed. Like, it makes sense. 
Um, I will say, obviously, like I loved, I remember as a kid, I loved the cutscenes in the subspace emissary. I thought it was awesome. Um, and it's a great, it is a great idea. They have a built, they already have like a built in villain, you know? Um, Rob. Not Rob. <laughs> Rob's a sweetheart. Rob murdered so many people. How did he? Oh, yeah, because they're a robot. Yeah, because they make those robots. I mean, he didn't do it. That one didn't do it. He was, he like orchestrated all the bombs. Did he he do it? About it, but he delivered all of them. (laughs) Yeah, but but it's not him. It's not the one Rob that you play as. I'm pretty sure it is. uh, It's the one Rob you play as. Yeah, the Rob who's in the cloak is the one that you uh, befriend. That you play as. Yeah, he he switches sides, but it's still him. <laughs> Man, no wonder why I love playing as Rob. <laughs> you heard of your first James's genocidal? Uh, dude, you, this is not the first time you've heard this, either explicitly or implicitly. Now that we've learned what those words mean. No, I, I okay, fair enough. Um, man, there's a lot I don't remember about. Uh, brawl. I remember Samus and Pikachu teaming up. That's cute. Yeah, that's true. That was a good. There's our first crossover. Yeah, Pokemon dude. I... Metroid Pikachu's the companion. Hi, hey. I'm just saying. Ryan Reynolds Pikachu. <laughs> but Ryan Reynolds doesn't talk. He just says Pikachu. Pikachu. Yeah. Pikachu. 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 Bitch. Pikachu. Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What? Pikachu. <laughs> what? Pika. Yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> I said, yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> Told her to take left hole. Like little. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. Pikachu. <laughs> it just reminds me of the. Did I show you guys? Did you guys see that one? The Ego Raptor bit where it's like it's like the animated um uh short. Where it's like uh, it's like two guys fighting. I'm I'm fucking failing at explaining this. Um, you are. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Painful. Ego Raptor. Two guys do, fighting. E- do Ego Raptor like Pokemon? You'll. I I can't. I I don't. I find it hard to believe that. So I, uh, I guess we're just there. gonna move on to how to be a better buddy for like five minutes. Sure, why not? Where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question this week, what's stopping you from quitting whatever it is you're doing right now and going out living the medieval fantasies you always dreamed of as a boy? Damn, dude, I literally had this thought, like, today. Um, The recession that we're living. I I was going to have a bad answer for the both of you that we're not living in the medieval times. That was was lots of years ago. Uh, Medieval times is a state of mind, dude. And also a restaurant. Oh, fuck. We both got there, RJ. <laughs> they got nerd. Um, I, okay, so I actually was doing some thinking about this. Um, I honestly think the thing is, is that, like, like I, I do plan to go live a sort of um, hermetic lifestyle once I'm, like, done. Uh, Living? Kind of, like, no, nah, well, like, 
kind of doing some of the stuff that I want to do, like quote unquote in the world, you know what I mean? Um, and like, I'm expecting a lot of that to be not all of it, but like some portions of it to be wrapped up by like next year. And I honestly think like in a way, you know, if we're talking about a medieval lifestyle, if you want to frame it like the night's quest, right? Like, chances are you have like some kind of goal or some ambition, or you can at least set one where you're like, this is like a quest that I'm going to pursue because I believe it to be like righteous or fun or something worth doing, you know, and I'm going to accomplish it like an X amount of years. And after that, like I can rest, like I, I can, you know, put my sword on the mantle and um, assume, assume like my life as a monk or as like a happy sort of, you know, uh, medieval like townsperson or whatever and in that sense like the medieval times really never has left you know um and that's kind of like my goal personally is to set out like enjoy enjoy the quest and then seek rest i don't know how to ride a horse become npc I you have... don't know how to ride a horse yet i don't know how yeah. to ride a horse i have bills to pay i don't know how to fight with a sword and shield i have no armor the economy and, is not real. Do not let the economy. There are no back. dragons or ogres or <laughs> monsters to slay. They seem d- like a lot of temporary complaints, RJ. Yeah, RJ. They, listen, Excuse it's me while all I go about, kill the Gila lizard population. No, it's all about like what like a dragon can be like. Yeah, like drag- I don't want I'm not no gonna... metaphors, James. I want literal medieval fantasies. Yo, Biden wants to dragon attack just last week. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're gonna start attacking our, the people with dragons. <laughs> I've heard what the American people want. They want dragons. They want to be so attacked by them. They want to. They want to live a life of adventure and excitement. Also, the economy's going to hell. Figure this and distract you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like thanks, Joe Biden. I actually, you know what? This actually helps. <laughs> This is for after the podcast, but I've sent you the uh, relevant video. I hope this is an AI video. Um, No, this is real. Yeah, James, come on. Did you hear? Actually, said this. No way that dragons everywhere. Come on, man. The Jova Keen wouldn't lie to you. What? (laughs) (laughs) But would he? (laughs) The Jova (laughs) Keen. <laughs> okay, that might be all for today. <laughs> the government that told might you be it. <laughs> that this was a, was a Chinese satellite. <laughs> oh, thank you both for joining. Dragons are very real. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. God James. bless Joe Biden. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yes, thank you, thank you for having us. It was fun. Oh my God, John, you put Poyo Poyo in the chat. That's adorable. <laughs> no, no, who would do that? <laughs> Kirby did that, James. Kirby did that. He's here. He's here. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song "Living in the Moment" off the album "Cross Off." Yesterday, you can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook has me Mondays. Our Twitter is at BetterBudCast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account is BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love, and or war. 
icebreakers you want us to answer, questions you need advice on, or story ideas you want to hear fleshed out. Last but not least, be a better buddy. So do we think there's going to be a Nintendo Cinematic Universe then? Mm, not. There no. might be sequels to this movie, but I, Dude, I don't know uh, if they're going to be connected. Considering how much I they're think... putting into this movie, I don't know. I don't know, dude. A Smash Smash Bros. creates the perfect link, and it's a super popular game um, with everybody still. I definitely see the possibility for a Legend of Zelda let's, movie uh, let's like start, down the line. Let's start the podcast. We can talk about it there. Well, Legend of yeah. Zelda movie, yeah. Started. But that's like, okay. Yeah, starting the show. <laughs> starting the show up. in three, <laughs> two, one.